What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Saving Podcast. Today, we are super excited to talk about what a man is. But before we begin, I would like to give a personal shout out to Micah behind the camera for being our first uh, resource for video. So we appreciate you, Micah, for being here, taking time out of your night to be here with us, to hear what we got to say, and just ultimately being a resource that's honestly God-given, really, because we weren't expecting this at all. But before we begin, I would like everybody to like, go around the room and introduce yourself. So... Um, I'm Timmy. I'm Tim. I'm Gabriel. I'm Luke. I'm Caleb. And so, just to kind of kick things off, I like to start off like an icebreaker. So, how has being a man in today's society kind of defined all of us as a person? Who wants to attack that first? I kind of got something in my brain kind of cooking up. Um, So, growing up, I was always this frail dude, skinny, you know, I didn't have much meat on my bones, and um, I was always called like a toothpick, I was always called Flat Stanley, I was always called these names, and it's funny, it's, it's very funny, but no, but for a long time, I let those things inside my head, and I started letting those things be who I was, you know, and it started just affecting me, but I think in today's culture, the culture tries to tell you, like, who you are. The culture tries to, you know, even your friends. And your friends might even not have the best intentions for you. But, I mean, through that, and kind of circling back to your question, Gabe, is just, like, I think the culture really, like, tries to push, you know, their perception of who you are, especially when you first meet people. And as a Christian, it's hard because you're supposed to have a, a response that's godly and honoring. You don't want to cuss somebody out. You don't want to take a jab at them. And, I mean, we were talking about this too, bro, like the other day. Um, not giving someone the ability not, – not giving someone the bait, you know what I mean? And just letting them just, you know, say something and then just having thick skin, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Anyone else want to touch on that? I think for me, um, I really just um, recognized that kind of on an opposite side of what you said, Luke, I feel like I've recognized that what makes me a man is not what people define me as. Um, you know, I'm I'm honestly a toothpick. I'm honestly a flat Stanley to this day. And I'm still a man, not because of what the world looks at me as, but because, you know, God designed me that way. Um, and so I think for me, the, the way that I have recognized that I'm a man in this world is solely because of that, because God created me that way. He didn't create me as a woman. He created me as a man. So that's what makes me a man. Um, and I think there's also a lot of other things that go with it. You know, when we're talking about the Bible, when we're talking about God created us to be spiritual leaders of a household, and that household can consist of a wife, that household can consist of a family. Um, but it's also, you know, just you have to be a leader in your life. You have to be Um, what God calls you to be and so I think that's how I've really discovered how I'm a man in this day and age and what that looks like yeah and I can agree with that like in today's age we always so pressured to fall into what society tells us to do and like that honestly gives me 
every other reason to continue to be a man, a man of God, especially like, um, like they pushing stuff in our face that we know is not right. And we, it just gives me the urge to dive deep in my word, spend time with God and do the things that he tells me to do as a man, be a good husband. I get married in less than 30 days. So like, it's, it's really prominent for me right now going into a marriage like I know I have to be a good man in God and I know I have to take care of a, a wife eventually kids and be a provider so it's just like to, like I said today's society like being seeing everything we were seeing it, it honestly wants me to be a better man so I think what you said too is so important and I resonated with it too so many bugs out here um, is being a biblical man you know what I mean is how do I, in God's eyes, become the man I need to be as a biblical leader of the household? You know, and I think in the role of a man in the home, because I think about it from two other ways, or three other ways, there's a man in the home, there's a man in the church, and there's a man, uh, a man in society, and his position in society. And um, a man in the home, He's supposed to be like the headship. He's supposed to be the head of the family. And it doesn't make anyone's, you know, job less. And makes their job, um, like the woman, a lot of people like to argue that point, you know. Um, but everyone plays their roles. Just like, you know, um, everyone has different arm. Like Christ calls himself uh, the, head of, uh, the head. And then we are the body. We are, you know, branches. So, um kind of going off of that just is like we are as men supposed to be the leader in that way and be the stable-minded person i mean even in the verse i had where is it um it's james 1 8 and it says where is it a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and like for me a man can't waver any way of what the world says especially into i mean social media a man can't waver into um what his friends think what his co-workers say you know man y'all are fascinated with this y'all are fascinated with the fireflies out here gotcha but anyways somebody wanted um i was gonna say i guess a huge important aspect of being a man also and a lot of people don't don't get this um but having a, a good father that can teach you how to be a man and raise you how to be a man like when it like i i got married in january and tim was saying like he's getting ready to get married he's kind of like dang like it's really hit me now i gotta be a man so before i got married i was like but married i was like like am i ready to get married like i didn't got engaged all this stuff but am i truly married ready to get married and take on the responsibilities of, of a real man and I was like had to think on it. I was like wow like I have a father who's actually able to teach me everything I know today and raise me um to be a, a golly man and I was like yes I am prepared and like to be perfect no because nobody's perfect but we all on this road together and learning how to be a man and we have the word of God to teach us how to be a man so I think having a father that can teach you that is a, um, a huge aspect of it and like I said it's a lot of people don't get that but people um 
with who don't have fathers, but people's stories like Luke, who was adopted. He's able to be adopted into a great family, have a great father, a man of God who's able to teach him how to be a man also. So fatherhood is a huge part of that. Yeah, and if you don't have a father, try to find a father figure or a mentor or even friends that can hold you accountable and teach you how to teach you the things that you don't really know how to do. Yeah, I really I really personally liked what Luke had to say about like the whole social media aspect because as a man, especially like growing up, like being young, it's so easy to get caught up in like the newest things, the newest trends and things like that, like what everybody has going on. And me personally, I caught myself doing that at an early age when I knew I wasn't supposed to. I wasn't really on social media, but just being in the presence of other guys that I knew weren't established in the Lord. Now, granted, we were kids, so it's like you're not going to firm, like, you know what I mean? Find that firm foundation and all that. But um, just trying to keep up and not finding myself and not knowing who has God called me to be. I had amazing parents that raised me up in a Christian based household that taught me you were made in Christ. You were made in the image of God, like you were made to do his will, you know, and it took me a while to realize that, but just all these things that can be used as a distraction in regards to your image and who you are as a man, even masculinity and as a whole, it can be tampered with and not knowing who God called you to be can cause that foundation to shake and cause you to stumble in ways that you can't even imagine. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about what it means to be a man through the, um, you know, instruction book that we have in life and exodus 18 21 um, moses is with his father-in-law and his father-in-law says he's talking to moses and he's saying um in exodus 18 21 that he needs to select capable men from all the people men who fear god trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. i think it's honestly a great example of what a man of god is it's somebody who has the fear of god in him um, and I think for me, a long time, I've been trying to figure out what that means to have the fear of God. Um, and honestly, at this point, it's honestly the recognition that God could do unbelievable things that we could never, you know, expect. He could, as he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, he could rain hell, hellfire on a city just like that. And the whole city's gone. I'm Sorry, raining hellfire on this bug right now. <laughs> <laughs> this bug's crazy. Oh, oh, you got it. I got him. I got him. <laughs> that was crazy. That was good. Thanks. Um, but yeah, no, so like, I just think it's amazing how God really describes that men of God don't do things and are trustworthy and they don't do it for dishonest gain. You know, you, you look at men nowadays, you look at the opposite spectrum of that, which is not biblical men of God, but, you know, worldly men of, um, you know, no, not worldly men of God, men of the world, you know, a worldly man. And, and you see how... The difference in that is that they, they don't have that fear. They don't have that um, that imaginative idea that, like, God could do those things. Um, and I think it's honestly, you know, just telling that when we have the word to fall back on, it's literally the best thing ever. Because if we didn't have that, we would not know the model of a man of God. There's no way. Even through fatherhood, I mean, I know people who have fathers they don't have God in their lives and they do not know the true definition of a man of God, even though they have that fatherhood. And so it's very vital, but God is the most important thing. If you don't have God, then you don't know what a man of God is. Mentorship. If you get a mentor, that's why when you said that, Tim, that is so important 
because that's like the binding of a man. You need to be around other guys. That's how, I mean, to be honest, how part of society is, is where we get around these other people um, and we're so easily influenced, especially if we're in a, like, there's some guys who love being around a lot of girls, but then they start getting some of those tendencies of those girls and they start talking a little bit softer. I'm like, I'm like, dude, (laughs) literally like, Go, go roughhouse. Get some dirt under your nails, bro. Like, go go in the field, bro, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like, go get rough. Like, go play football with some guys. Go play basketball. Like, even for parents, like, when you're raising your kids, like, take like let them get outside. Let your boys go, go play football and stuff like that. A lot of people don't believe, like, I don't want my baby to get hurt. I don't want my kid to get hurt. But that's... Like everybody watched saw the new Spider Man. It's a canon event. Like I feel like every kid has to experience some kind of mistakes. Like that's where a lot of parents go wrong. Like these days, um, kind of veering off topic a little bit. But I'm gonna bring it back. But like some parents don't let their kids make mistakes. So when they get out into the world, their mistakes that they're making are made in the most vital time of their life. So you're so instead of them making mistakes when they're 14, 15, and you're helping to correct that you keep them sheltered and they make those mistakes at 18, 19 where it matters most and it changes their life forever. And I like what you were saying about like just having a fear of God and like what I like, the way I like to think about it is like, like I'm not scared of my mom, but I'm not going to like, not scared of her, but like if I do something stupid, then I'm going to be scared of her. Like I'm not going to try to do something in her presence, like knowing I'm going to get in trouble. That same kind of fear we got with our parents. We should have that same kind of fear with God. I think I would, I would give you an, just just an idea and honestly this is personal to me this is how my life went you know i grew up and it wasn't always about rough housing and stuff like that i grew up doing theater which a lot of people would say oh that's not manly you know and that's not true um and i think a lot of people will put that stereotype you know a man has to do these things and i honestly you know i i just disagree with it because i grew up and i got out of the house after my parents taught me what it was to do something and they tried to prevent me from making those mistakes and i went out I was like, I know how to run life. I know what I'm going to do. I went and moved out into an apartment. And that was the stupidest decision I ever made. And the only reason I am now married, and I just got married, you know, 30-something days ago. The only reason I'm now married and God brought redemption to my life is because I made those mistakes, ironically, in the pivotal time. Because that is when I have the choice to say, either I'm going to keep going the direction that leads to death, or I'm going to choose this direction to go towards life in this pivotal part of my life. And so I would say for me, that was something that actually brought so much of what makes me the man I am today, especially as a husband now. I mean, like, it's completely different, but I would not have known that had I experienced those failures and those things that I probably could have experienced younger, but I didn't because my parents led me astray from them. And I experienced them later in life, and it honestly makes me the man I am today. Oh, that's a blessing though like because like i know a lot of people who made those mistakes in, at that time and yeah. like have not turned back so like, i'm glad you had the discernment and, it's a choice. and right it is a choice and i'm glad you had the the tool set to bring it back i know you were gonna say something no yeah i really liked what you said earlier about you know parents kind of keeping that shield around their kids to make them like live this perfect life of and not i guess I don't want to say exposing them, but, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, fully the words that you said, but it brought me to the point of thinking that, like, even as a man today, we think that we need to be prepared for this and that, you know, like, we go on this path of life, and we believe that we need to be prepared for this, we need to pre- be prepared for marriage, we need to be prepared for 
child like having a child and things like that like yes in some areas biblically speaking we do need to be prepared spiritually because i believe in all areas of life you do need to be 100 percent spiritually equipped to handle some of those things because then you can use your faith to its full advantage and things of that nature but you're never going to be prepared for what god's going to give you 100 percent of the time some areas you're going to be prepared in like if you let's just say you've been through a bunch of bad relationships and you're able to discern what a good woman looks like and what a bad woman looks like. Now you can go off and use that based yeah. off of what the Bible says and find that perfect person for you, like that God gives you. But all this to being said, I think that men kind of have this fear of just pursuing and progressing because they're afraid that God may abandon them or, you know, they feel like this isn't going to work out. But as men, we're called to take that step and we're called to take that leap of faith because if we don't, then how's God going to work if we're not going to put a hand to it? And so just having that foundation, knowing that God's going to do what he's going to do for one and two, not being scared to feel unprepared. Yeah. Gabe, I love everything you said. And honestly, it's so funny because back in high school, I had just graduated. So I wasn't high school, but I was coming out of it. And one of my mentors, his name was Jason. He gave me one of the greatest pieces of advice that I have, you know, live my life on now. And that is, um, you will never be ready for anything, but you can always prepare. Right. And so you can prepare for something. I prepared to be married. That doesn't mean I was ready for marriage. You know what I mean? Like obviously 38 days ago now, I think, I don't know exactly how many, but however many days ago it was, I was not prepared for that day. Like meaning I was not 100% prepared. I know what's going to happen going into marriage. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know what that's going to bring. No, I didn't know that. But that's the beauty of life is you walk into things not knowing and sometimes you fail and you screw up, but then you have the opportunity to get back up again. And honestly, that's another aspect of a man, like the ability to fail and to persevere and go forward. I mean, bro, there are so many men who are not willing to do that. There are so many men who are like, you know, I've I've failed again and again and again, and I never want to get up again. It's like, bro, that's what makes you like not a man is not to get up like you have to also i think part of being a man too is simply just trusting god like especially with you guys you guys are you know y'all are all getting married at pretty young ages and i'm assuming don't get me wrong i don't uh like y'all's bank accounts aren't like thousands and thousands of dollars where you're not like perfectly where you're not perfectly (laughs) comfortable but i think part of being a man is being faithful to god first yes and then he'll give you abundant things, you know, and Bro. like you, you have to stay focused because there's going to be so many things that are going to get you off track, which brings me back to like you talking about social media game is that you see the standard for men, especially in California. All these people are, you know, getting McLarens, Bugattis, uh, G-Wagons at like, you know, 2021. One of my friends has a Range Rover at like 17, like ridiculous. Um, and you see these people and you're like, dang, well, they got their life straight. They got it on. They got, you know, the chains and all these things. But the truth is, is that you need to remove yourself from those people that you're seeing on social media or the friends that you're around or just simply not covet the things that they have and just be intimate with you, the Lord and your relationship. You know what I mean? And it kind of like, and this is for anybody that's listening as well. Like imagine God appeared to you like physically, like right there. He's sitting right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is like scary as nuts. Woo! Bro, I gotta smack, smack this thing. 
Oh, oh. Where is it? See, it's literally on you. Bro, smack that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we got two. Oh my gosh. See, this is why I said. Sorry, y'all, on the delay. We got a bunch of needles. Sorry, technical difficulties. Imagine God appeared to you, like, right now in front of you. Like, you could physically see him, and you're right there, and he tells you everything that's going to happen in your life, but you don't know when it's going to happen. Imagine the amount of, like, courage and confidence we would go about life we got to do that same exact thing even though we may not know what's going to happen we got to have that type of confidence to where we can step out into marriage we can step out into having children even when we feel like we're not prepared or we're not ready because god blesses those who take he blesses everybody but he blesses those people that take action into what he says because we have that free will we have that authority to go out and do that that's what he's called us to do and i love just taking action in things not only because i struggle with that personally and i know i need to do that because acting wise i want to be an actor and i can see different areas where i have not stepped out in confidence when i knew i should have like i look at all these other actors that are successful and things like that and they've taken these big actions and these big leaps that made them stand out amongst the rest and I've kind of like lived with that kind of mindset because I need that type of confidence. God never says to stop walking through doors. He just doesn't want you to turn away when he closes one. Exactly. Right. Because yeah. he's going to open Caleb. doors for you. That doesn't mean you stop walking through them. You have an opportunity. Anytime you have an opportunity, take it, bro. Because the worst that's going to happen is God's going to close that door and open a new one later. So why, why wait? And he yeah. gives favors to he gives favor to those people that obey him. Like even those small steps in obedience. Like my dad taught me this, and I'm. It's funny how I'm just now thinking about this too. Like, God will give you points in your life where it may seem small, like obeying him in the small things, giving ten percent whenever we get paid every week, or things like that. Because if he knows that you can obey him in the small things, then he can trust you whenever you grow in life and you can get bigger, and he can give you those higher tasks so you can obey him in those big things. And the favor only gets bigger and bigger because. <laughs> See, hold on, let me chill out. Let me chill out. No, bro, we talked about too much. He just started laughing. He's like, bro, what? See, like it's just like, listen. This is what I love about this podcast because I know this isn't me speaking. Like, it's the Holy Spirit. Like, I can't give myself credit for the words that are coming out of my mouth because this isn't something that I would say every day. It's only whenever you spend time and surround yourself with not only men, but women of God and like people that are like minded and equally yoked, does Holy Spirit really show up in those areas and like just words just come out of your mouth. And that's what we do here. And that's what, like, I know it's completely off topic, but this is what this podcast is about. You that's know, it. it's just us five guys being here. Yeah. You know, sorry. To- there you go. I was, I was just going to say, the Lord, Jesus says when two or three gather in my name, I'll be there in the midst of them. So you're 100% right, man. For sure. And going off of what you were saying before, like, faith without works is dead. Like, we got we to gotta put the the hammer to the nail. We got to keep on moving and pursuing when God is doing something in our life so basically like when we um if you try to prepare yourself for a time or a season in your life you you just go you go keep on trying to prepare like not prepare if you try to wait till you're ready for something you just gonna be sitting there forever trying to wait till you're ready because we're never always gonna be fully ready for a marriage kid like you just never you just gotta jump into it and just trust god that he got it yeah man you know i actually just uh read this and it's honestly super good it has scripture behind it but if y'all listen, 
says a true man like Jesus is obedient to the Father's will and is about his Father's business, and that's Hebrews 10.9. Like Christ, the godly man will shun sin and follow after righteousness. He will, in the power of the Spirit, seek to keep God's law and live in God's will. He will evince a determination to accomplish God's will, whatever the cost, Isaiah 57. He will endure opposition and never lose heart, Hebrews 12.3. He will be a man of the word, using scripture to overcome temptation, Matthew 4.1-10. He will be a man of prayer, Mark one thirty five, and he will be a man of love and sacrifice. And so I read that, bro, and like we're talking about, like the biblical man of God. The reality is, is that's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to be a man. I mean, God laid it out perfectly, but to do all of these things is hard, especially in the world we live in. I mean, like, bro, life's not easy. You know, people have this crazy idea that when you become a Christian, life becomes so easy. It doesn't. Life is really, really hard. It's not an easy thing. What makes it easy is using the instructions that God gave us, right, and trusting the Lord in everything that we do. Like you said, bro, if you don't trust in the Lord to give you that boldness and courage to go into those things unprepared, then how do you expect to go through that, bro? Like, there's no way. I mean, the things that I'm going through in life, I can't expect to go through without trusting in God. But, like, it's not easy to be a man of prayer. I mean, like, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to be vulnerable and say, Lord, I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to ask you for help. Like, the whole reason Adam gave up and fell is because of pride. It's because he said, I can do this on my own. Because Satan gave him the idea that, you know, he could be his own God. He gave Eve that idea, too. And that's the whole thing is, like, it's pride. The reason we choose not to be men is because of pride. Pride is literally the reason. We say we can do everything by ourselves. It's not about what God has for us. It's not about God's will. It's about pride. He says that, I'm sorry, Satan says that you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. You can, you know, define your life as you you would like it. And that's not what the Bible says, that what a man of God is. A man of God is somebody of love and sacrifice. I mean, y'all, Jesus Christ is the perfect example of a man, period. I mean, his sacrifice is exactly what a man does. I mean, like, that's what you do. When you get married in, I don't know how many days, and I just got married and you're married, like we know this, love is sacrifice. I mean, like being married is a sacrifice. You are sacrificing the time that you would do something else to spend time with that person. But it's a choice and you make it because you love that person, right? It's love and sacrifice. Right, and, it's, and you're right, because there's been times where I've like found myself like doing something for Prairie. Like I'd like be... Like, there was one time she, she called me at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. It was like, I had a nightmare. She's like, I had a nightmare. And I was like, okay, I'm about to come over, and I'm going to just, just be with you. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, bro, I would never have done that for anybody I yeah. don't love. So, like, it's just like you said, so sacrifices. Of course, I was tired, but I was making that sacrifice because I loved her. It's a choice you make, bro. And I would like to set the premise as well. Like, when we talk about readiness and we talk about, like, unpreparedness and all that, we don't mean, oh, yes, sacrifice a lot of things to the Lord, but we also mean don't be lazy. Yeah. Like, he's not going to sit there and do favors and work things in your life if you're just a lazy person. Bro, as a man, we, so good. As a man, we can't. We, we just can't. We cannot be lazy. Like, we're supposed to be that provider. We're supposed to be spiritual leaders in our household and in the church and things like that. So we cannot be lazy because God can't work through laziness. Gabe, my favorite is when, like, my friends will look at me like, bro, I've always wanted a Tesla, but they're not trying to make the money to make to get a Tesla. Like, you're not, you shouldn't expect something that you desire and want if you don't put the work into it. And that's with our relationships, too. I mean, that's so important. Um, but, you know, I wanted to bring a different side to this and kind of, like, 
maneuver into something else. I'm curious what you think about this, Timmy, um, just as a married man, right? Um, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, a married man is a protector, is a spiritual leader in a household. You know, they have to make the decisions. And I think something that a lot of people like to um, say about, you know, men of God and, and, and what that looks like is that, you know, they have all the power. And that's not what it's about. You know, I think, I think that that's such a um, misconstrued idea. Twisted because, kind of. Huh? Twisted yeah, kind twisted. of narrative. Because, like, the Bible also says, it doesn't just say wives submit to your husband. It says husbands respect your wife. And so many people want to say, you know, oh, wives have to listen. No. Like, decisions need to be made together. But at the end of the day, God gave us the burden and the responsibility we are the spiritual leaders of a household. And that's what matters. I mean, what God said trumps any feeling that a person may have. Like, that's just the fact. If God said we're the spiritual leader of a household, that's a burden on us. And the only way we get through that is trusting in God. Right. And I like what you said as far as, like, us having to submit to our wives. I mean, respect our wives and everything, too. Because it's just not just not just me. when like, I'm a husband and everything. Of course, I'm a leader. But there's times where I'm like... Hey baby, I need you to pray for me. Like I'm going through this. I feel this right now. Like because she, she's vulnerability. Right, <laughs> she's there for you, just like I'm there for her, and it goes both ways. Yes. And um, back what y'all talking about as far as sacrifice, like this is like recent too. Like being married, not being prepared. You can be prepared, but you can't. You can't be ready for everything. Yeah. So, you know, I love hanging out with my brothers, my my best friends, and and everything. And it's like I get I get married. And I'm like spending the night at Tim house. I'm here hanging out with Gabe and she's like, Hey, I miss you. And like stuff like that. And there was even one, one week she had to go back to Jackson for a camp for four days. I didn't go with her. And she was like sad and everything. And I was like, I'm just stay here and do the podcast and stuff like that. And then as she's headed back, like I feel like the Holy Spirit, just, Holy Spirit just checked me. You ever just get, get checked by the Holy yeah, Spirit? Bro, he just gosh. like, bro, look, you wrong. I'm like, so I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I called her. I was like, baby, I'm so sorry. I've been a horrible husband. I was like, I have like, why, why am I not like spending time with you? Like we married now. I gotta man up, bro, be yo, a man, for real. Sacrifice my friendship. Like, of course I'm gonna be with them, but I, sleepovers, all that stuff, man. I'm married now. It's done. Like, of course it's gonna happen every once in a while and everything. But I have to like come to my senses. Like, I'm a man now. I have a wife, and I want to be a real husband and spend time with her whenever I need to. And, bro, so. if you want a woman to respect you as a man of God, you have to be willing to be humble. That is so – like, humility, bro, as a man of God is so important. So many men, you know, just want to be so arrogant, like, I'm the best in the world. I never do anything wrong, right? And that is so not the biblical definition of a man of God. It's humility. It's the ability to say, I am not doing a good job at what I should be doing right now. Like you said, when the Holy Spirit checked you, you could have been like, you know, oh, whatever. I still want to hang out with my friends. I still want to have a sleepover. I've had a couple instances already where, like, I really want to do something, but I know my wife wants me home. And it's like, I make a choice. The Holy Spirit can convict me, but it's still my choice. Exactly. That's the thing. A lot of people want to say, you know, oh, well, you know, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, you have to listen. It's like, no, I make the choice to listen to it. I don't have to do it. I choose to listen to that. And so if Sydney says she wants me home, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're giving me that conviction. I'm going to make the choice to be with my wife because that's not as important. The time that I could have spent over there isn't as important as the sacrifice that I'm making to spend time with my wife. You know what I like to call that? I like to call that sacrificial love, bro. bro. When you can die to yourself, like Jesus, you know, you die to yourself and throw that away. Say, hey, how am I going to meet your needs before mine? You know, like my dad. Sacrifice. My dad, <laughs> sacrifice, literally. My dad does that perfectly and i believe that's why we have parents is for them to show us the role model for what we are supposed to be for our future wife yeah
and I heard this. I know I'm not married, but I heard this piece of advice someone told hey, me. Hey, we're gonna get there, bro. Uh, <laughs> 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 but I was waiting for somebody to say something. They broke down to me how the whole marriage is fifty fifty thing is so wrong, because they've experienced that sometimes the husband or wife may come home, and they're at like a twenty or a thirty, and that other person has to step up and be that you know seventy. Bro, that's tw- so good. That seventy, that eighty to pick each other up because you're not always going to be at that 50 50. You're always going to, someone's always something, you know, something may feel off, you know, where, you know, you got to pick the other person up. And I think it's great for us to like, for me, especially y'all to real, like to realize something like that, that your significant other isn't always going to be at that percentage that you think she's going to be at. Like it's, it's good to diagnose what the other person's thinking even like it's because you don't want to assume it's at that point in life where you're in a relationship to where you don't want to assume things because communication is the biggest thing that's possible. So, but I know Tim, you wanted to say something. No, no you're right about that. Cause it's times where like, like you, I like what you said, don't assume. Cause it's like as a husband and you know, you got a wife, a lot of times my wife, she does the dishes and clean and stuff like that. But it's time she get home. She tired. I got to do the dishes, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like communication and talking about, it. that's another thing about being a man. Like hey. it's literally just, but it goes both ways. Friendly yeah. advice. Never tell your significant other they belong in the kitchen ever. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not true. Because like you said, and like you, like Gabe, I've never thought about it that way. And that's so good. The whole like, don't, don't expect your partner to be 50% when you're 50% because sometimes you do have to take that extra load and you have to be like, Hey, I know that you're at like a 20%. I got to take that, you know, extra 30 and I got to give that to you because if you don't, then you're not satisfying that person's need. And not only you're not satisfying that person's need, but you're not doing what you talked about, which is sacrifice. And I mean, ultimately Jesus is the ultimate vision of a sacrifice. I mean, God literally put all of our needs before his by sending his son to die on the cross. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that is crazy. He, he cared so much about us. He didn't even sacrifice, like, you know, a hundred animals that, like, don't matter. He sacrificed his son. And it's him in his son. Like, it, it blows my mind. He sacrificed himself so that we could live. Like, that is the ultimate definition of saying, I'm taking the needs that I want, and I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to put your needs before mine. When you're partners at like 20 percent well you may you may be at 80 you have to recognize that like you there's gonna be times you gotta humble yourself and be selfless that like that's the word that i love to use is selflessness like a lot that for a relationship to work there has to be two selfless people that are willing to recognize when the other one is tired when the other one is not feeling the greatest but you like you have to be willing to step up in those times and that's that's what comes with the balance and sacrifice like it's sacrifice is such a good word for a man like i feel like that's what we're called to do is called we're called to be like to sacrifice our what am i trying to say like die like what you say you have to die. like die, 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 die to yourself. yourself that's the word like <laughs> bro it's so that's so good like, yeah that's not not literally cross. die I mean, that's what it's about like you, know, you have to take up your cross you have to be willing to say i'm going to literally say hey sydney these are your needs these are mine i'm going to disregard mine i'm going to put mine put your needs ahead of mine because yours matter more than mine do and that goes both ways right yes. that's the, that's the beauty of marriage i mean like i'm not wise because i've been married for 38 days but what i've realized already is that the beauty of marriage is when I put my needs away and I put Sydney's before mine, 
she does the same and it's like an ebb and flow and that's how marriage goes like mm-hmm. right. and, that, and that's a successful marriage obviously it's not always going to be that way sometimes somebody's going to you know put their needs before uh, your own more than the other person does and then there's not that fairness and you have to talk about that but I think it's just so important to recognize that like that's ultimately it is being a man of God is sacrificing your time your wants your needs for somebody else and that's specifically in a relationship but also with your friends I mean that's so important too like I feel like when you talk about a man of God it has to be about marriage and that's not necessarily what it's all about like that's also in a brotherhood in a friendship like being a man of God matters just as much with a wife as it does with like your best friend that matters so much wow dude that's amazing that's so good I, I, I'm gonna jump to something a little bit different not really in the in the thought of relationships but this is just something I see in our society that's like so sad and so like frustrating to me but you got this whole you know only fans you got this whole like feet finder whatever bro people are throwing up their bodies on online right when you have the middle and lower class working their butt off to make a living like hispanic families making a making like next to nothing and then surviving and barely meeting the need for their family and i have 10 times more respect for the hispanic man who i mean we have a gardener back at home and he works his butt off to keep our yard clean and nice and neat and you don't think looking out from the outside you don't think that takes a lot of hard work oh it's just a little bit of weed whacking it's just a little bit of laying down some mulch and stuff but the truth is that man goes to bed tired, bro. He does not go to bed with so much energy. He does not go to bed with, you know, he, he, he goes to bed hard. He knows what a good day's work is. And I feel like that's what a man kind of also represents is that he knows that he put in the fruits of his labor are going to pay off. But he knows that he put in the work to be able to receive those fruits. Oh, you know what I mean? Good. That's good. So like, good. Like working hard. As a man, we got to work hard. We got to work diligently in everything that we do i forgot what what verse it was particularly but like it's somewhere in proverbs but like we can't be sleep we can't sleep we can't be lazy we got to work diligently diligent hands somebody finish it yeah yeah, he'll find it but yeah basically what i'm trying to say is like as a man we just got to work hard like like you're just saying it's just Mm -hmm. that's one of those things that we have to do as a man now i would like to state because i believe that for our audience and our viewers we should have some call to action in some ways so i um would like to talk about you know i know we're talking a lot of good things about men and stuff like that but i would like to talk about like how the term of like toxic masculinity comes up because a lot of men use their masculinity to do certain things that are horrible and that are evil practically satan's work at that point and i feel like it's important for us to call that out and not only hold each other accountable in some areas like that, but also, you know, anybody that may be listening, not saying that you're doing bad things, but like no one's perfect. And I feel like we should have some sort of call to action to like, you know, point out some of the flaws that even as a man we have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, really quickly. Did you say it was about laziness? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. Yep. That Is was that scripture. Cool. Yeah. So good, bro. Wow. Um, yeah, Gabe, that's a that's a really good point, bro. It's like right by you, bro. Oh man. <laughs> now it's going all right. Oh my gosh, these people. In are Jesus' just... name, go away from me, bro. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Oh my gosh. Hey, bro. I killed your brother, so don't don't come back. <laughs> all right. Um, I think you honestly brought up a great point because 
dude being a man is also recognizing what you need help with and what you also like need to recognize are things that you know you struggle with and like that's like some of the flaws that you have you have to be willing to come to terms with those because if you don't then you know you're honestly a fake version of yourself if you're not you know accurately representing the flaws that you have in life you know like and and this is silly but like you know one of my flaws is I'm not right-handed, so I can't do this. I can't do, like, the actual, like, hang 10 thing. I have, like, my – it's really weird. Y'all. I got I don't you. Know, I don't know. I, I got you. I can't do it. I got you. Bro. And so, like, you know, I've, that's a very, you know, low-tone, you know, kind of funny thing. But more on the, like, important stuff, like, you have to be willing to represent your flaws because that shows you as a man. Like, you're willing to be vulnerable. Like yeah, and I feel like as men, like, it's easy for us to deal with pride and anger. You know, pride can easily turn into anger because if somebody, somebody – correct you and like try to tell you something that you're doing wrong that probably can easily come up and we can put a wall up and we can get angry because they're trying to tell us something that's right so as men we got to learn how to accept our flaws and work through those and get better it's funny because i have a story about that because literally recently and i'm not going to disclose the name because it doesn't need to be said but there was a situation that happened and it honestly was a situation where you know the person screwed up they did something they probably shouldn't have done right and God used me in a way to correct them and rebuke them lovingly, right? Not in a not in a rude way, not in a condemning way. And um, that person was honestly guilting themselves. They they were wanting to say, you know, like God, I've screwed up so much. There's no saving me. Like you know, I I failed so much. Like you know, why why would you forgive me? And just wanted to believe that lie. And um, you know, this this person had so much humility that they not only came to me but they came to the people that they wronged and they apologized and they humbled themselves and after they humbled themselves they still felt that guilt they still felt that like man like i screwed up there's no there's no you know the 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 pride inside of me says there's no way that you're going to be able to forgive me and i went to that person i was like dude everybody has noticed that you know i'm sorry everybody has has recognized that you apologized that you humbled yourself like you humbled yourself so why are you still focusing on it like why do we beat ourselves up i brought that up because why do we beat ourselves up so much after the fact that we know God has forgiven us. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, it's just like a guilt that for some reason we do hang on to. Like, that's something that I struggled with for a while. Like, even knowing that God forgave me after I repented, I would still hang on to that shame and that guilt. And I feel like that's just the enemy. And it's pride too, bro. That's literally pride. Wow. <laughs> about that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I can also see that as, like, lingering conviction. Like, when we're, when we're. Condemnation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah. You're right. That is a better word, condemnation. But um, like you know, we as people, like let's just say, like we're kids, right? It's okay to get a spanking for the first offense, right? We didn't know better, but then the second time, we knew. Like our mom or dad told us not to do something, and we explicitly did it anyway. We know we weren't supposed to, and then after the punishment, we're like, dang. One, was it even worth it? And two, like, why? Yeah. Unless you're just some bad kid that just wanted to do whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 bro, it's amazing, too, how much we, like, you know, it's, especially when it comes to lying. Like, you know, we we lie, and then the easy part is telling the truth, and it's being humble and saying, I screwed up. But we think that, like, that's going to hurt more than us continuing to lie and continuing to fall back on it. Like, that was a problem for me growing up, bro. I used to lie so much, and when my parents would approach me and say, hey, Caleb, are you telling us the truth? I'd be like, no, because... I knew that I was going to be punished, but the reality is that punishment is important. The reality is that correction in love is important. And if you don't 
tell the truth the first time, if you don't obey the first time, it's only going to get worse. You, like expose yourself and be willing to like learn from that mistake too. A lot of guys just want to, well, guys and girls, they just want to hide behind that and they're not willing to take the correction from it. And growing up, my mom used to draw on this big old piece of paper, right? It had a circle and the circle was called God's blessing. And if you're inside the circle, you're in God's blessing. If you're outside the circle, you're not in God, God's blessing. And my mom would put on that piece of paper, um, you know, things that we did bad as kids, you know, um, stealing from the fridge when we're not supposed to, you know, silly, silly little things like that. But, and then my mom would say, I don't want you outside the circle. I want you inside the circle. And the reason why I'm disciplining you is because I love you so much to be inside the circle. Right. I want you to have God's blessing on your life. I want him, his favor to be upon you, you know? Cause so. at the end of the day, if you don't discipline, as a as a parent, and I mean this this is also as a man. I mean, as as a husband, eventually to have kids, because like you know, I I've, I I want to have a kid one day, and you know that's important to me. And I'm sure Timmy Timmy, correct me if I'm wrong, but you definitely want a kid in the future, right? Yeah, like that's that's important to you, Tim. You want a kid in the future, Gabe and Luke. I'm sure you do. Like, part of being a man of God is recognizing that God put you in the position that you're in as a father one day to discipline your kid because you love them. You know, I used to look at discipline. I was like, my dad hates me. My dad doesn't love me. My dad just wants me to make the same mistakes. And I was like, no, no, no. Now I recognize the reason he did that is because if he didn't, I would have found myself so much more far away and I would have been so far away from the Lord that the very fact that he disciplined me kept me close to God. Right. And you're like, best friend is not right. Like, you and your, you and your dad. Oh, yeah. Dude, my dad, like, I wouldn't have that relationship with my dad if he didn't discipline me because I recognized that, number one, he did it in love, but number two, it made me a better person, which sometimes sounds so backwards. And honestly, you know, living the life of a, of a Christ follower is kind of backwards. Like, you know, in life, in general, you wouldn't expect that, like, if you did something wrong, you'd be disciplined. Like, that, that, that's just not a general thing in life. Like a lot of people think, you know, oh, I can do something wrong and nothing's going to happen to me. Like I'm not going to get in trouble or anything like that. And the reality is that number one, the law doesn't say that. Number two, the Bible doesn't say that because it's important. Discipline is a necessary thing, especially as a man of God. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know that I'm going to discipline my kids because I want to have them grow up in the Lord. You and your mom did. Yeah, I want to yeah, do what my right. parents did. They're the module for how I want to treat my kids right. in the future. And I'm not going to let them fall any short of that standard because I know I know the final product. You know what I mean? And it's for, and when I say the final product, I know what my siblings have turned out to be. But I know the final result of a kid who is trained. It says uh, it's it's biblical. It says um, uh, what, train well, them up in a way. Train they up go a with. child in the way that they should go. Yes. And Oh, man, I don't know how many times I heard that in my whole life. I've heard it a billion times, but that stuck with me. And I want to discipline my kids and do that. But yeah, no, yeah, like for sure, like God and God disciplines us. Like we have, like no matter what we do, like there's going to be consequences. So like, and like kind of going off what Caleb was saying, like my dad disciplined me when I was younger, and I'd be like, like bro, I thought you loved me, you know what I'm saying? Like, but like, like now, bro, like what? to this day, I recognize that. <laughs> to this day, I recognize that he was just loving on me and wanted me to be a better man than he was. And, like, now to this day, we have a great relationship. And like we, like I said, I'm going to say this again. If you don't have a father or a father figure that can teach you or 
um, guide you in the right ways, find a mentor or a friend or group that can that can help you do that. And even if you can't find a friend group or a mentor as of this moment, I know it's going to sound super cliche, but don't be afraid to confine in the father. He's literally the mm-hmm. one that he's literally the one that created you. It's not cliche at all, dude. Yeah, well, I, in the secular aspect, I guess. Yeah, like I a lot of people guess. a lot of people use it, but in our standard and what we believe, it is not a cliche. It's the truth. But God knows what you need at that specific moment. He knows what you need 1 minute from now, 10 minutes from now, a day, month, year, whatever. He knows exactly when you need it and, ev- and what you do need. Yeah. So mm-hmm. come on, Gabe. You you know, like I like you said, like friend groups looking for mentors. He'll give you that friend group. He'll give you those mentors when the time is needed and when you need it the most because his timing is the optimum time. Our timing is something that honestly can be deceived, manipulated, changed, but what God creates and what he has in store never changes. It's set in stone. What we think of and what we conjure up, it changes over time. It could change five minutes from now, ten minutes from now, but when he says it, it's written. It's yeah. done. I just also wanted to, you know, bring a different side to what just man in general. You know, we're talking about what is a man. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily just man of God, especially in this day and age. It's, it's what a man is. Um, and I think that a great example of what a man is is it's a, you know, biological male. And I think a lot of people want to argue that. I think it's honestly a really scary idea in this day and age that is brought up that a man, honestly, I mean, this, this is true. Gender nowadays is just a feeling. It's not, you know, gender and sex are the same. Like we know that because Christ made us this way. Christ made us male and he made women female. Right. But nowadays gender is seen as something that's a feeling. It's a construct. It's not real. Um, and it's really concerning because you see people around you and it's this idea that like, Oh, I can be a man. But, like, you, who, was, who was talking earlier about how, like, I think it was you, talking about, like, if you spend a lot of time with girls, you start to be that way? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that was like, me. dude, I mean, this, this is not a stereotype. This is just something I've seen in my life. A lot of people I've seen that they say they're male, but they have a lot more, you know, feminine personality, and then they turn into that feminine person. It's because they spent so much time with those people, and they didn't surround themselves with other men to be a man like that is so important and so that's why brotherhood's important but also like this idea that man can be defined how you want it is so wrong because that's not true i mean the unapologetic truth is that a man of god is a biological male period of course and also like one thing to your point too is also as soon as you get a man who is um you know surrounded by women and having those female tendencies he soon then begins to confide in women and that's a dangerous slippery slope bro that is so like you (laughs) I swear, you as a guy, you need to confide in men. You need to. It's even. It's biblical. It goes into uh, Proverbs. It's a, it, it talks about the the wise man, and re, when it refers to the wise man, it's talking to older people with yes. wisdom, with gray hair, bro, who who've lived it. Mentors. I mean? So no, I, I just wanted to bring that. That's up. a great point because you know a lot a lot of society says you can confide. In women too, like you know, if you need something, you need no. Like you made a great point. You need to confide in men. I mean, like that. What what is this like crazy idea that like you think a man can go to a woman and the woman's gonna be very very like wise in what a man should do? I mean, like that. That's just a silly idea because that's not how God created us. He created us to say, hey, men of God, go to each other in accountability. Go to each other and ask for advice. Not men of God, go to women of God and ask for advice about what a man should do. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because in reality, we 
as men and women, like, well, men compared to women, we have two complete different struggles. Like, I can't go to, um, like, a female friend about everything that I can that I struggle with. I got to go to somebody who can relate to that and somebody who can give me the good advice about that. And I do need to correct myself because I think there are some things that you can go to a woman, a woman about. Well, I can't, dude. Women. Woman. <laughs> a woman about. Um and it's not necessarily like wrong to do, but I think that a lot of this world wants to say, oh, anything a man struggles with, anything a man deals with, you can go to a woman and they're going to help you. Like, no, that's not a good reality to live by because it's not true. I mean, like you have to know like what the way we know and the way we have wisdom in the decisions to make as a man of God is because we have the Bible to fall on. A lot of society doesn't. And so they decide things based off their feelings or what they want. And in reality, it honestly pulls them farther away from what God intended them to be. And it causes, honestly, them to question who they are and whether they're a man or not. Like I talked about how man is just a feeling now. And it's honestly just straight from Satan. I mean, Satan is after men, y'all. Like, that is that is real. It's and I bad. wanted to say that, like, Bro. Satan is after men. That's why you see so many people changing who they are it's because he wants men to not have power he doesn't want men to be able to make the decisions in a relationship it's because he wants men to not exist like it's so true bro. It's so bad. and think about it like this because i 100 percent agree with you saying like the enemy attacks everybody don't get me wrong but like men have such a powerful i guess i want to say based off the bible like men have a lot of roles that should be fulfilled within the Bible, like especially in the household, the church, society, and things like that. And the enemy tends to come up here and leave us confused. And whenever we like, unfortunately, mainly, I'll just say this, mainly confide in women when we should be confiding in God. Yes. We take on, like you said, those feminine qualities. And that takes us away from God's manly purpose that he has for men in general. And your own personal purpose that God has for you. And it's don't get me wrong, like feminine like qualities aren't a bad thing. I have some feminine aspects to me. Like that's not a bad thing to have. It's recognizing that you are a man because you're number one biologically a man, but because God created you in the image of God. And if you are a man, you are a bio biological male. And if you are a female, you are a biological female. And it's it's honestly, like I said, and I really, really want to get this point across because it's so important. Men are being attacked nowadays. It is it is a intentional attack by Satan, and it's the idea that man can decide what they want to be and they can change who they want to be. And it's important to talk about, so I'm going to say it. But this idea of transgenderism that you can change the person you are to be something that you desire to be is so wrong because then you are really slapping God in the face and saying, "I don't care how you made me. I want to be whoever I want to be, and that's all that matters." And it's pride. I mean, that is at the root of it. It's I am my own God. I'm going to choose and make my own decisions. And it's, it's awful. And there are churches preaching that too. Yeah. I want to ask all you guys a question. And this is kind of, yeah, I just want to, I want to ask you guys this question. What makes you feel most like a man? What do you do in your life that makes you say, oh, yeah, this is what makes me feel like a man? Dang. I would say me personally, what makes me feel like a man, not only like whenever I spend time with other men, but Whenever I look in the Bible and I see, again, these roles that a man should fill and I'm fulfilling those roles in my own personal life or working my way up to potentially putting myself in those situations where I do got to fulfill those roles. But I could say, oh, I feel like a man whenever I work out or things like that. But honestly, I feel most like a man whenever I fulfill God's purpose for my life. 
because there's specific things that he has in store for you like as a man and your purpose that's strictly for men and whenever I fulfill those purposes I feel like that's when I become as much as a man because again God knows who I am he knows me from the inside out he knows all of us on the inside and out and he made us again to fulfill those roles really quick I want to drop into something that you said too because I don't believe that strength is like a determination of whether you are a man. A lot of guys go to the gym thinking that, you know, that's going to make them more like a man. But um, look at Caleb. Caleb is a little bit a little bit smaller than us, but bro, thanks, Luke. Caleb. (laughs) No, but uh, honestly, I'm saying this. Caleb is like one of the smartest. Like, God has a lot of. He has his hand on Caleb's life. I really do believe that, and he may be smaller in stature, but But he's he's a true man of God. He's a true like, man of God. He he is, and bro, I, I like I'm encouraged by that because I used to be in his position, and I used to be 132 pounds, bro. And I thought the way to solve me, <laughs> no, but I th- I I had it all twisted up. I thought the way to be a man was by gaining strength. Yeah. And then as soon as I walked into the gym, well, everyone's jacked, everyone's big and strong, and and it makes you and, feel even smaller because it, now you're trying to put your identity. You're always in that. gonna feel that comparison, and you're uh, it, at the root of so it. Good. It at the very root of it, bro. It is an identity issue. Come on, okay. And this is gonna hit home for a lot of people, but men feel like men whenever they have sex with a lot of women. Ooh, bro. Listen, listen, because a lot of men will, let's just say Broadway, because that's where we're closest to. Men will go there strictly to prey on women, you know. Oh, how many girls can I get in bed tonight? Like, da-da-da. And they let that be the statue or, like, the, like, they let that be, like, the top of the pedestal of what defines them as a man. They go to their friends and be like, oh, yeah, I screwed, like, I don't know, I have 50 bodies or something like that. Like, bro. That's what, not what like, it is. That does not define you at all. Not even remotely close as a man because yep. think about it. Like, a key that can unlock any lock is pointless. Wow. Bro, and honestly, but dude. A, but a key that can bro. only unlock one lock is special. Right. Like, I know we're not really talking about sex and stuff like that, but whenever you get, and we talked about this in the relationships podcast, our first one, but like, whenever you save yourself and stuff like that, it's like a diamond in the rough nowadays. Right. But Gabe, that's a necessary thing to talk about. Like, I, I know you said that's not what this is about, but like the the reality is that you are absolutely correct that a lot of people feel more like a man because of how many people they have sex with. And that's a terrible thing. And honestly, it's straight from Satan, bro. I mean, like you literally, <laughs> you literally look at the Bible and angels, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but fallen angels came to earth and they had sex with all of these women and they um, are now, you know, believed to be the demons that walk this earth. Like that was never God's intention to just be like, oh, well, you know, have sex with whoever you want. Like that's not that's not a man of God. And I think what you said is so good because this like, dude, it is so powerful. You said because like men just think that's what it's about and it's not. And the reality is that when you save yourself, right? And not only save yourself, but when you actually look at what a man is as the mentality of being a good person, being somebody who is willing to wait and willing to do things that may seem like it's not so fun in the beginning, but the reality is that it's better up ahead. Like, that's so important. And 
to your question, Luke, um, I think that what really makes me feel like a man is not, like you said, it's not my body type. It's not how I look. It's not, you know, the way I, you know, (laughs) Timmy, bro, (laughs) I can't focus. Um, No, but seriously, I think it's just like, you know, the, the way I know that I'm a man and the way that I know that, you know, when I feel most like a man is honestly when I go before the Lord in humility and I worship. I mean, that, that to me is when I know because what I'm doing is I'm saying, Lord, I'm taking time out of my day that I could do something else. I'm sacrificing it for you. And I'm also coming with the intention knowing that you have put a purpose in my life, that you have given me a not a platform, a um, position in life to be a spiritual leader. And I have to take that and I have to do it and I have to be that person. And that's when I know I'm most like a man when I go before the Lord because he tells me that's who I am. That's, that's when you know God tells you who you are. Um, but I wanted to bring another point when you were talking about sex. It's also like, and bro, I fell into this. I know we can all agree. Like, bro, you feel like a man when you struggle with porn. I mean, like, come on. Like, seriously, you feel like you're a man because everybody does it because it's just something that happens. And the reality is that that's not true. God has a better God has a better purpose for you. Yeah, literally. Like, I remember, like, growing up, people used to say, all they boys, they, 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 they boys, they good. Porn happens. It's, it's a huge part of well, uh, becoming a man. And it's not. That crap destroys you. It literally destroys you. Like, like a, like you said in the last podcast, like I couldn't walk past a woman without sexualizing her when I was when I was watching porn, and like, and it's impossible to honestly even think about marriage if you're doing that, right? Because it's gonna start to be so instant when you do it. You you married and you gonna start walking past these ladies and not you not even think about your wife no more. So literally, I feel like I wouldn't even the Lord wouldn't even have put me in a position to get married until He allowed me to be delivered from that. Yep. Right. And mm-hmm. the, and dude and and the. And the real test, somebody told me this one time, and honestly, like, it, it stuck with me, bro, is a real man will look away. And what I mean by that is if you see somebody, and obviously sometimes, like, you, you can't not look at the person's face without seeing. Like, sometimes it's just out there because somebody's wearing it, right? The real test is if you look and you look away, if somebody looked at you and said, hey, can you describe me, describe to me that person's hair color, that eye color, um, you know, the way they looked? No, I can't. But if somebody looked for a little bit, then looked away, and actually, like, focused on it. You could look at them and say, hey, what did they look like? And if you can tell them their eye color, what they were wearing, the color of their hair, you look too long, bro. That's what it's about. It's, it's, the, it's the intentional effort to say, Lord, you've given me something better, and even though it may not be as beautiful as you created that person, it's what you gave me, and it's what I chose. You know what I mean? I saw something... Um I saw it on, uh, I think it was Instagram or Facebook or something, but one of my friends sent me it, and it was kind of like this this picture that was supposed to depict, um, it was kind of like an illusion type deal, but it was so, supposed to be of a picture of, um, of like, I can't even remember what it was. It was supposed to be a, a picture of something in specific, but instead it was something very graphic and... Um, it was, you know, not good. But it, the point of the delu- or of the illusion was to show you how twisted your mind is when you're seeing it. What does your mind go to right away when you see it? You know, and that kind of put me in check. I'm like, I'm like, dang, what does my mind go to straight when I walk to the gym? Like, is it for the intention of seeing girls? You know, or dang. is my mind there to go um, 
you know, go work out? Is my mind going to the beach because I want to see girls there in bikinis or is it because I want to, you know, go in the water and go surf? You know what I mean? And all my friends are like, dude, oh, yo, this girl came up. I mean, especially in L.A., Gabe, like it was glorified to have sex before marriage. Dude, I had my friends even describing their sex life to me being like, yo, you should be doing this, this and this. I'm like, bro, like, I don't want to be doing that at all. But the more it's talked about, the more it's glorified in this society is I I can't do it. It becomes so normal. And I feel like that's the worst thing that happened to me. Like when I was like, I used to struggle with pornography. Thank God that that the Lord delivered me from it uh, in 2021. But like the worst thing that happened to me was like I was dealing with this and I knew it was wrong. And I would hear like other other people talking about it other dudes talking about like yeah I'm, i watch this too like what do you watch what do you watch and like it just became so normal i was like oh, okay so i'm not the only one so it just felt like it was a normal thing to do and it felt like it was supposed to be okay and like you said in today's age like sex is so glorified especially before marriage it's just like when you hear about it like t- so much you're like oh okay so i guess i'm supposed to do it like i guess this is the, the normal thing to follow do. just the ways yeah, of the culture just, man yeah and the yeah, culture like you can get so caught up in it you got to make sure you don't don't get caught up in the culture like get caught up in god's word and his mm-hmm. bible it's supposed to be so. in the world and this is be whoa whoa no no no, <laughs> no we live in the world yeah. not in the world, the world but not of it yeah, yeah. no facts <laughs> um and especially in basketball culture bro all that stuff is glorified to a heavy extreme uh, one thing I, I do want to share, um, and this is this is just something that I had on my mind. I'm actually very excited to like kind of say this because it puts you in check and it gives you this reminder. But there is only one man who was able to be the true representation of what a man should look like, and that is Jesus Christ, dying on the cross, getting beaten to death, practically death carrying his own cross all the way up to Calvary and then dying the most unimaginable painful death. Like none of us can accomplish, none, none of us can do that. You know what I mean? Um, and so that just gives me the view that, I mean, you, you see a lot of things going bad nowadays in the world, but truthfully that's like Jesus accomplished. And then he rose up from the grave, bro. Nobody bro, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like he defeated death, you know. It's just no, bro. That's it's crazy. That's so true. I did just want to touch on one more thing we talked about um, previously about just like um, somebody said something about kind of like the people you surround yourself with. Like when you were saying um, <clears throat> that it was so glorified and people were talking to you about it all the time. Um, one thing I've had to realize in my life, and it's straight out of scripture, it's First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. It says, "Don't be fooled." Like when the Bible says that. There's something really good ahead that you should listen to. Pastor Allen says this all the time. And I also, I always used to like overlook these things, but like, don't be fooled means like really pay attention to this, right? Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. And bro, that is so true. Here's the thing, right? I I had this image and I said this in a, in a previous podcast we did, but if you walk into a group of friends and there's 10 of them and they all have terrible, you know, bad morals, right? And you're of good character. You're trying to pull those 10 people up. Who's going to win if they're on the ground? They're going to beat you because you're one person. And yeah, you've got the good character. But the reality is that bad company will ruin your good morals. And so I say that because it's important that we also surround ourselves with people who are going to 
encourage us to be men of God. Because if you surround yourself with people who are like, oh, I had sex the other day, or bro, you should have sex too, like that's eventually gonna give you thoughts and ideas of doing it because it ruins your good morals. And so it's so important to surround yourself with the right people. Like I would encourage any of you, like really check and make sure you have the right friends in your life because that will ruin the image of God that he has for you being a man or a woman, regardless of what it is, it is so important to surround yourself with the people that are going to encourage you and lift you up to be a man or woman of God that he's created you to be. Amen, dude. Wow. That's good. So good. Yeah. I mean, guys, overall, this was, this was honestly probably one of the best conversations that needed to be had. And I'm truly grateful that we were all able to be here. Just even being in this country freely and willfully talking about stuff like this. Um, but before we, um, you know, close out and everything. I do want, because I know Luke said he wanted to pray, so we're going to allow that to happen, and hopefully this this prayer and Holy Spirit work through that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this amazing conversation. Um, thank you for the people behind the screens or behind the phones. Um, I pray that this touches them. Um, I pray that you refine us and make us brand new and that we are able to reflect the image of you in better light and I'm thankful for these guys around me I'm thankful for um, truly good models of role models of what a man should look like and I'm so thankful for that Um, thank you for this day thank you for this podcast and I pray that the rest of the night is glorifying to you Amen. Amen. Well, alrighty. Listen, again, eternally grateful for us just even being here, taking time out of our day. But again, another shout out to Micah behind the camera. Thank you. Thank you for being a resource for us. Thank you for taking, again, the time out of your night to be here to record our very first video for our podcast. We're super excited where the future holds for that. But um, trust me, ladies, we're gonna get to your part. Um, we're gonna have, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have some women on here to speak on your behalf because we're not women. So and we feel like we got to do our due diligence and allow them to speak as well. Because again, not just men of God are powerful; women of God are also powerful as well. So we can't wait to, for that to happen. Man. Our first podcast of what is a good relationship look like is now out on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So, oh, and YouTube. I forgot about that. And YouTube. And um, our Instagram and TikTok is now up at The Saving Podcast. So if you guys want to check that out, give us a follow, like all of our content and things like that, and spread it to somebody. You don't know who may who this may be a light to. Like, literally, we, we posted it, and, like, someone said that within, like, the first five minutes, it was already a light in their lives. So we can't wait to see what the Lord does in that area. So, again, this is The Saving Podcast, and we will catch you next time. One of my best friends, a sick-